This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Good morning. I'm Roshan Karnison and welcome to Open for Business. Now, before generative AI was the talk of the town, there was web Three, Although that's had a dull to its shine over the last year or so, given the fall of FTX, amongst other things. That said, though, this industry is far from dead. Last week, IP tokenization platform Axin received a 750000 ringgit grant from MDEC, the Malaysia Digital Economy Corporation, as part of a partnership that hopes to combine MDEC's expertise in digital transformation with Axin's Web3 innovations to support MDEC's metaverse initiative. What does uh, Axin do? Well, there a Malaysian-based Web3 company that wants to facilitate the infusion of foreign IP and foreign investment into Malaysia to ultimately position Malaysia as a global gaming hub that attracts international game studios and investment. And they want to do that through IP tokenization. To break down what all this entails, how they're building this out and how they will achieve those aspirations, I'm speaking with the co-founders of Axin, CEO John Snyder and CMO, Chief Marketing Officer Jason Lowe. John and Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here today. Jason, good to see you as well. Yeah, thank thank you very much. Super excited to be here. So, I, you know, Web3 is a wide, wide, wide and complicated space. I think for many of us, we don't fully understand what's going on there. And it was a very, very hot scene for quite a bit of time, going through a bit of a winter now. And ultimately, it's the use cases, I think, that people really didn't grasp on, right? You understand Bitcoin, but you don't necessarily understand the technology that goes behind NFTs and things like that. So, Accent itself is calling itself an, an intellectual property tokenization platform. Give us a better sense of what the tokenization of IP looks and feels like in the con- in the context of the work that Accent does. Uh, thank you. That's actually a very good question. So I think um, it's important to kind of look at, in the first instance, how can blockchain technology actually mm. solve business problems? And increase the efficiency, reduce costs for companies so that there's more transparency so that these companies have a better chance at survival and at actually commercializing their product. Now, when it comes to building a successful business, one of the main challenges that game creators have in this space um, with all the competition that's going on is distinguishing themselves. It's uh, the ability to fundraise, especially for smaller indie developers. Now, IP tokenization is our answer to some of these problems. And really, it comes down to um, IP in the gaming industry is extremely recognized and valued. So a lot of these uh, game IPs that we're currently seeing in the market things like witcher that go from being a book Mm -hmm. to becoming a movie to uh, sorry a book to a game to becoming a series on netflix now for game companies game companies typically have one two three games before they actually make a hit so now when they're looking to get investors when they're looking to scale their company get that investment in in the current business Uh, environment, they actually have to raise with their equity. Now, IP tokenization is an alternative that is extremely well suited to game creators because they're constantly creating new products, new worlds, new environments that are exceptionally rich in IP that connect with their users and with the world in a different fashion than most other businesses. So in this case, IP tokenization and what we do is a 
fundamental business strategy for game creators tailored to their business so that they have the opportunity to engage with investors, with end users differently, to package that value into a very transparent and auditable um, financial asset. So you're financializing IP, you're turning intellectual property rights into financial assets so that uh, gaming companies or whoever has IP yep. have a different route to raise funds as opposed to selling equity or raising debt among other methods out there. Among other methods, yes. So the key thing here is going to be how I guess you tokenize that IP and how you evaluate. Can you give us a sense of how that works? Yeah, happy to. So the tokenization process is actually fairly simple. It comes down to understanding the IP that these companies have and building that bridge between the current legal framework in what we refer to as Web 2 and then transposing it onto Web 3, essentially. So the way we do that is just by understanding all of the IP in its bundled sense and reflecting that as well as its income rights and the rights management onto the blockchain itself. Now, really where Axon's unique value proposition comes through is in uh, it's not, we believe it's not just enough to tokenize an asset. We are working on reducing risks for investors, creating new revenue opportunities for game creators. So at the heart of what we do is also the focus on understanding that very value of intellectual property so that we can reduce its risks and make it a more f- attractive financial investment. Now, the way we do that is because this is where game IP is uniquely suited. It is a very digital business. So when we tokenize this game IP, at the same time, we're looking at tapping into all of its revenue streams that we can get digitally. So whether that's the in-app purchases, uh, whether that's selling merchandise online, everything that we can get digitally, we understand and we feed it into a valuation algorithm. Now, what that valuation algorithm does is that it provides clarity, transparency, and an auditable framework for investors to actually understand the value of this intellectual property now and potentially into the future. And that's what makes our intellectual property uniquely, or our IP tokenization uniquely suited um, for game creators and for investors. Because now it's not just a financial asset, but it's a financial asset that uh, uh, that has some of that Uh, understanding behind Mm. it and some of the uh, transparency and a clear value that is essentially open for everyone to see. Yeah, This is powered by blockchain tech. So you're able to see the ledger Mm -hmm. and all those different transactions there, where the revenue streams are going. Um, Now, when we think of tokenization, I think a lot of us will straight away go to NFTs and board apes, right? Oh, Mm -hmm. artwork. And people kept questioning, oh, what is the value of an NFT? This would be an example of the business use case for an NFT. Uh, do I have that about right? Uh, that's absolutely correct. So the difference with something like Bored Apes is that um, while these assets do transfer some sense of intellectual property in the asset itself, um, they don't come with any of the intellectual property rights that the actual underlying company is building, which Mm. is in this case, Yuga Labs. Now, that's what's quite unique about intellectual property, because we can start very broadly 
and then go into the granular. Now, with intellectual property tokenization, our framework essentially enables game creators to issue intellectual property across the entire value chain, starting with the trademarks, the copyright, for, for uh, example, the law that these game worlds are creating, um, down to the characters and the in-game assets themselves. Now, each step of the way, we'll be able to confer those rights and the licenses that are associated with the intellectual property at hand. So uh, there are two things here, right? So on one hand, you have uh, intellectual property, which is such an intangible um, asset on the books for most companies, because it is an asset. It's just difficult to monetize, not difficult to monetize, it's just difficult to value because everyone will have a different perception of what it is until you commercialize it. On the other hand, you have Web3 and the blockchain, also very intangible in nature, very hard to get a grasp on what all this means. So could do you have a example for us in terms of a, uh, a use case, in terms of what a customer, so I'm guessing the customers are the gaming studios and the game developers? Um, yes, yeah, so the game developers are the ones who uh, primarily tap into our solution. Now, when it comes to a use case, for them, there's uh, a couple of use cases they can immediately maximize. Now, let's start at the granular and give a use case there. Mm -hmm. So in-game assets, um, assets that players would... Uh, would would essentially connect with in-game, whether that's a character, whether that's certain items. What Web3 really offers is new revenue opportunities. So these specifically come from the ability to tokenize royalties. Now, what that means is essentially that mm. a game creator can come into the space and create new incentive mechanisms that align with the needs of the company and their community around specific intellectual property. And the same goes for the intellectual property that uh, is essentially encompassing and bundling the entire game IP that they might decide to issue. So this also includes the ability to strategically tokenize and share royalties across the board, whether that's with publishers, key employees, investors, and isolate it from the rest of their business. Uh, John and Jason, we got to go into a few messages, but we'll be back in just a bit to talk about the commercialization journey, but also what the journey has been like over the last year, uh, over a year now in building this business. Uh, folks, I've been speaking with the co-founders of Malaysian-based Web3 company Accent, CEO John Snyder and CMO Jason Lowe. I'm Roshan Kanesan. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. But films, man. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Hey, yo, folks, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan, and this morning I've been speaking with the co-founders of Malaysian-based IP tokenization platform, Accent. In the studio with me is CEO John Schneider and CMO Jason Lowe. Now, we got into the what the problem you're trying to solve earlier, right? Basically, uh, financializing IP into an asset so that game studios, game developers can raise funds uh, for their businesses, among other things, uh, create more transparent revenue streams for the royalties uh, and essentially uh, create other revenue streams for themselves as well. So you're talking about being able to make 
uh, tokenize in-app game pieces to much larger source code things. Um, that's the technical term, I think. <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about why you both entered this, because this is a very specific business to enter. Web3 is a bit of a wild, wild west for you to be doing this in particular. also takes a bit of, uh, let's call it motivation. So tell us a little bit about why you both entered the Web3 space and started Accent. Uh, Jason, let's start with you. Yeah, so I think this uh, goes back to 2016. Right, so my first, uh, I wouldn't say Web3, but my first uh, touch with crypto or how I entered this industry was actually through Ethereum mining. Okay. So basically, uh, me and the other co-founders, we actually uh, built a mining business. Uh, in 2016, we started mining Ethereum when it was actually at $7. And then, <laughs> you know, that time it was like, oh, is this like internet money, right? So we didn't really understand the tech at that time when we first started. Mainly was because of uh, we wanted to uh, build a business around it and just make make money and then as time goes by been through the ups and downs you know the bulls and bears and then as we understand more about the tech we realize that how this tech is actually going to uh improve our lives right and basically and then like i got into an opportunity where i was actually working in a web3 gaming company before started exit so basically i i was the cmo there for seven months and then like uh I left and then I met all these other co-founders that we have today. And then we started Exin to, you know, really uh, be on part of this uh, Web 2 to Web 3 transformation, right? Because we really believe in the tech that is going to improve uh, people's life. And in our case, it's the game creators. Jason, we often hear Web 2, Web 3. Can you quickly just uh, define the distinction here? In my head, I think Web 2 is the internet as we think of it today, correct? Yes, so uh, Facebook, Instagram, all these different things. Yeah. So maybe like uh, to give some context. So basically Web2 is the internet that we use today. So mm. basically it's all centralized. Mm. Whereas if it's Web3, it's a decentralized, right? So it's basically, uh, for example, uh, like an NFT, like in-game, you basically have the ownership to that particular digital asset, right? So which Web3 technology allows you to do that, right? So yeah. So maybe I'd just like yeah. to add to that because yeah. I always um, understand like the evolution of the internet in three core concepts. The first internet that we had was just read. Um, the second internet that we had was write. That's when actually, you know, the potential influencers were able to set up their own accounts, were able to contribute to the internet ourselves, uh, set up our own website. Now, the third Web3, what we refer to or what I like to refer to is read, write and execute. And now what that means, execution is all about taking that ownership into your own hands. Um, so if you want to read and write on the internet, you can still do all of that. You can do everything you can do with Web2, but now you actually take that next step towards ownership of all of your data, of all of your online presence. John, tell us a little bit about why you got into this, because we heard, we've heard Jason's story. What about you? Um, so I uh, have been an entrepreneur or working in startups for uh, forever, basically, since I started my, my career. Now, a lot of different startups, but eventually I had the good fortune of becoming a, uh, the, the head of business development at a boutique software development and tokenization company back in Germany. And at the time, I became extremely good friends with the founder of that company, as well as one of the key employees. And that is when I really started to 
to explore the benefits that Web3 brings to companies, that the benefits of Web3 can bring to end users and the very nature of Web3, which is about aligning end users with the goals of the platforms that they interact with daily. So for me, it was a no-brainer. If there's a better opportunity out there to build businesses, to create more value for all of the users in uh, in a business, that should be the way to go. Now, as part of that journey, I was fortunate to um, play a role in the tokenization of, in the first fully approved tokenization of uh, equity and real estate in Germany. So this was approved by the BaFin, the, the financial authority back in Germany. So I saw the, the need for new financial assets that are more transparent and how these assets can actually bring value back to businesses and improve current operations. And now the both of you are building uh, Accent together along with a few other co-founders. Talk to us about the process of building this venture. It's been just over a year since incorporation, but you've been working on this from before, I presume. Talk to us a little bit about the process of building this and the journey to your, I mean, your MVP. Um, yeah, I think oh, <laughs> it feels like it feels like years already. Although, yeah, we've been here since first uh, of July last year. That's mm -hmm. when we incorporated. I think. Um, Time really moves very fast and like it's very, it's like a roller coaster journey basically. Mm -hmm. And you know, and you really, uh, I, I honestly believe that I've grown a lot throughout this journey. Like we really, uh, like things that you don't know, you learn, you know, how to make a good pitch, you know, or like how do you talk to investors? How do you talk to your customers? Like there's a lot of aspect where, you know, every day you have to keep improving and you somehow build like this mindset of yourself where am I doing enough every day? Right, you will have that feeling because like we are so we are a startup is so competitive and we're in Web3 uh, things changes just like that mm -hmm. right so you have to stay on top of your game while you know looking at the market and really know what's happening you know what are the things that we need to change to adapt the market you know and so yeah, I think it's I think it's just getting started to be honest, right? Yeah. So what about you, John? No, I love I love it, and I can definitely back that up. Um, the rate that uh, this team has evolved from when we incepted to where we are now has been absolutely incredible to witness. So I think, you know, when it comes to building in Web three, that's a whole another uh, mm. whole another uh, challenges come with it than a typical business. Um, a lot of the foundation of Web3, of blockchain technology, is built in its open source nature, which means that whereas companies like Facebook and YouTube, they have proprietary code um, that can't easily be replicated or copied by fundamentally building in Web3, a lot of what we do is building in the open. So other key challenges, uh, we're faced with other key challenges. If anyone can take what you do yeah. and just replicate it, how do you build a moat? How do you build a sustainable business model that's going to interest investors? So I think for us, one of the key challenges, and I'm very happy that, we've, that we're on the cusp of overcoming these and have clarity, strategic clarity, is how do we build a moat for Axin that's going to last and uh, essentially fulfill our mission of making Malaysia a global gaming hub. And uh, working on that with the team has been an incredibly rewarding journey. Like Jason said, a bit of a roller coaster ride with its ups and downs. But you know, it's not been the easiest time for Web3 and obviously you have been speaking to investors. Um, has that been a challenging journey to get buy-in from the investing community at this point in time? Yeah, I think 
uh, it really depends on the investors, right? Mm. So because I think uh, in terms of investors, maybe let's talk about like VCs in general. So I think there's uh, two kinds of VC, which is the Web2 and the Web3 VC. So basically for the Web2 VCs or basically that focus on traditional uh, businesses or like uh, not Web3. So some VCs, they don't do Web3. So that will be hard for us to, to convince them. But in terms of like the Web3 VCs, I think that uh, definitely we see uh, a decline in uh, amount of money being raised mm. in the entire global startup scene. But yeah. definitely, uh, I, I believe that investors are still very bullish about the industry. Yeah, it's more of maybe like a valuation change, which happens throughout uh, all the bear market. Yeah. Yes. Jason, John, we're going into the 10th AM News Bulletin. When we come back, you're still pre-revenue, so we're going to be talking about the commercialization journey, the aspirations ahead, and uh, where you think you'll see uh, Accent in the next few years. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been speaking with the co-founders of Malaysian-based Web3 company Accent, CEO John Snyder, and CMO Jason Lowe. We'll be back after the 10th AM News Bulletin. I'm Roshan Kennison. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Big Front Man, BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Rushin Kanesan and this morning I'm speaking with the co-founders of Malaysian-based IP tokenization platform, Axin. CEO John Snyder and CMO Jason Lowe join me in the studio. Um, Jason and John, I think we have to bring up the biggest question uh, for today. The name, where did the name Axin come from? Because the spelling itself is interesting. It's A-C-X-Y-N. Caused me a bit of trouble trying to pronounce this today. Yeah, it's not an easy name, but I think once you get it, it stays in mind. So ultimately, Axin is more than just a name for us. It's our philosophy, and it's drawn from the elegance of maths and the boundless potential of innovation. So now let me explain that. The name Axin finds its roots in the mathematical equation x equals sine x. And this equation for us is quite simple, but also encapsulates a profound truth about the progression and growth. So just as the sine function oscillates between minus one and one, with its zero point representing a pivotal moment of change, Axon embodies that concept. It's about going from zero to one. It's about that pivotal leap, that moment of transformation when an idea transcends its inception to become something, t- to become a tangible reality. I'm presuming that I'm not the first person to ask you this because that was a very well-prepared answer, uh, John. Uh, but profound in itself, right? It's going from zero to one. And also that the ups and downs, uh, I mean, there's so many ways you can look at that. If you're looking at a sign graph, the ups and downs of life of building a business, all those different things. Um, speaking of building a business, we have to talk about the MVP, the minimal viable product that you guys have put together. What is it doing today? Because you have a lot of aspirations, a lot of ambitions, global uh, gaming hub here in Malaysia, working with MDEC on a few things. What is the product today and what kind of traction are you seeing on it? All right. So uh, right now we are actually currently, uh, we've just uh, launched our MVP basically, but it's, it's a close alpha basically. Uh, our POC, I would say, uh, about one month POC ago. is proof of concept, correct? Yep. Uh, yep. Proof of concept. Yeah. So basically right now we are doing testing with uh, five game studios here uh, to really uh, basically to get their feedback on what needs to improve and things like that. And then we are on track to actually uh, go live in Q1 next year. 
right? And then uh, some of our current strategy as well as I, I uh, John mentioned that, you know, uh, one of the main blockers is actually educating the, the, mm-hmm. the public about like, this new technology, what IP can do. So we are also working with uh, education uh, institution to actually uh, educate this uh, to them and letting them try out our POC as well. Just like to add to that, the scope of our proof of concept and our MVP currently encapsulates uh, two core pillars of what we're building. And I've previously touched upon them, which is the ability to tokenize IP across the value chain. And the second part of that being an embedded valuation system Mm. that seamlessly integrates with the tech stack of video game creators. So what that means is that when they when we're doing testing right now and when we're rolling this out in in its in the closed alpha game creators can tokenize in-game assets and define specific royalty and income uh, functions for these assets and secondly by Connecting into our proof of concept, they're able to gain an understanding of the value, a real-time understanding of the value of these intellectual property assets that they are creating and the IP that they are building. So that's currently what we're testing and rolling out to market. So you're testing the product right now. Uh, Jason, you said something interesting earlier about academic institutions. What's the potential there? Um, so, so basically... Um, we are we are working with education institution because like um, f- uh, for example like students right because like uh, it's a very new uh, product right and it's a it's a gaming product right so if we uh, basically we start from the student and we educate them about like what does what is Web three how does uh, Web three technology actually helps gaming and then you you can actually save a lot of time in building your game through using our tools right and as they graduate right what it means for us commercially is that they already know how to use our platform mm. right so this and is an education building a it's a long game and building it's a, a long game yes definitely we'll start from there as well right and while we are fi- uh, finishing the product. Right, and then then we will officially go to market and, and acquire these game studios and game publishers across the uh, Asia Pacific region uh, during the start. Yeah, you're currently testing the MVP. You're looking to go live in the first quarter of next year. Yeah, um, talk to us about the commercialization because you're pre-revenue right now. Talk yep. to us about the commercialization plan, go-to-market strategy, and the business model here. Yep. Uh, so maybe I'll start with uh, the business model, sure. right? So basically, our business model uh, is pretty, I would say it's pretty unique. So we are we have a hybrid business model where it combines of subscription, like the traditional SaaS business model, right? And we have the transactions base, right? So we have uh, both sides, right? So basically, um, what it does is that basically, I mean, like um, you do not have to commit a huge amount on the subscription, but if your game is successful, then of course we 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 be successful together, right? And then uh, in terms of our commercialization plan, so we are we are currently finishing the product, right? Once we finish the product, and then like uh, we will start off with the education institutions first, right? And then we will go to uh, Asia Pacific region. So right now we have already uh, signed sixty game studios. Uh, what I mean by sign is basically these are LIs that uh, these game studios across the Asia Pacific region would like to uh, try out our product. Right, so and once it's ready, then we will go to these sixty game studios, right? And then our goal is to actually uh, onboard twenty games, 
right? With uh, we hope to hit a revenue of uh, 1.2 million in in the first year. Yeah, just like to add to that and um, a little bit. So I briefly touched on some of the challenges uh, we face building in Web3. How do we build a sustainable moat around our business? So mm-hmm. the, really, our go-to-market strategy is about building those vital commercial partners that are going to be necessary to make this vision of IP tokenization and the company that we're building extremely successful. So on one hand, what that means is that um, understanding the value of businesses or IP is actually quite a challenging task. And even some of the countries across the world can't fully agree on the best way to do Mm. that. So part of the product that we've built right now is, and and part of how we're commercializing it and going to market is getting that uh, expert validation of what we've done, getting it embedded across the board with various stakeholders in the gaming industry so that for the first time, we actually create a transparent way to understand the value of Web2 and Web3 game economies. And that's the first step in bringing some of that education and understanding of what we do to the market. You're still in the stages of product market fit right now. You're testing out your MVP. You're looking at commercial. You have a commercialization plan in place, or at least a business model in place. There, transaction fees. I understand. You know, it's basically based on the buying and selling of these tokens or uh, on the platform. How does the SaaS offering work? What are the gaming studios paying you for? Okay, so that's actually super straightforward. The SaaS business model works on us um, understanding, uh, okay, providing tooling for financial assets or for in-game assets. So that means the ability to tokenize the intellectual property itself. Because we have to tap in and consistently pull assets from the game itself, make that process extremely seamless Um, abstract any of those technical interactions with the blockchain. These are typically developments that game companies would have to do themselves if they wanted to benefit from Web3. So part of our SaaS model actually covers abstracting all of these technical challenges for video game companies. The second aspect of that being that we're also providing them with insight into the health of their game economy with actionable data points and specifically with that valuation framework. So if you think about what valuations look like right now in the market, they're very challenging to get. You would have to hire one of the big four, um, be that KPMG or EY or specialized IP valuers. And these cost a lot of time and money. And it's not always available to small uh, game companies and IP owners. So what we're doing is essentially making that process automatic and seamless for game companies. So that is our SaaS business model. Now, you're starting with gaming studios, but I presume that you have larger ambitions over the long term because you're essentially um, tokenizing creative IP here. Outside the gaming studio business, where else do you see this being in demand? Um, So uh, the unique aspect of our valuation framework is that it's all just reduced down to math. And like you mentioned earlier, it's the fluctuation up and down, up and down. And this math is uh, applicable to any type of digital business um, that has revenue streams that uh, we can tap into digitally. So that's one aspect to consider. But right now for us, you know, we've asked ourselves this question as well. Our focus on the gaming industry is because we believe very much that it's possible to explore the infinite um, opportunities within a bounded framework. And by perfecting what we do for one industry, uh, we'll be able to bring the most value to our 
partners and the stakeholders of the gaming industry. So for now, our goals are really around becoming that economic catal uh, catalyst for all games that want to tap into the potential of Web3 revenue streams and communities. Accent was awarded uh, a grant from MDAC of about $160,000, which is roughly 750000 ringgit. Uh, in total, though, over your uh, the last year or so, how much funding have you secured and how has that been utilised? So I think um, in total, we've raised uh, 350000 US, mm -hmm. right, uh, since day one from angels and also uh, from VCs as well. And then we've got a $160 grant from MDEC, which is uh, $750,000 ringgit. So I think most of our, to be honest, we have six co-founders. Uh, it's not a huge amount of money that we have raised. <laughs> so we've been pretty, pretty lean. And I would say most of the money that we've uh, spent is really focusing on building the product, mm. right? And then uh, part of it will be more on the commercialization. So we didn't have an office for one year, actually, <laughs> right? So basically, you know, uh, mo all the co-founders here, we are basically hustlers, you know, and we just try to be as lean as possible during the start until like we gain some traction, right? Yeah, so that's how, how, how we spend the money mostly. You know, it's pre-revenue, no yep. money's coming in. What kind of uh, runway do you have left? Uh, we've got, uh, I, I don't want to go into the details, but we do have enough runway to see our vision through. Mm. And uh, we've been remarkably capable of, you know, communicating the value that Axon is building. And one of the greatest challenges that entrepreneurs face that we've also faced is that liquidity crunch. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to overcome it in the past. And I'm full of confidence that in the future, any runway challenges will find a way to overcome them, either with uh, maximizing the revenue opportunities that are available to us now or finding the right investors who believe in our vision and who see the value that we'll bring to the gaming industry. Now, all investors are asking for this one key question here. Growth is great, but you're also going to need to have a, at least a sense of the pathway to profitability here. Uh, in your own models, uh, what does that look like? So I really think that um, with what we're building, uh, especially in Web3, uh, this is the question about how can you build a sustainable moat around your business? Now, my answer can be found in some of the previous answers I'd already given, mm -hmm. which is that we're building a moat around understanding the value of intellectual property. And that is something that requires more than just uh, technical expertise. It requires the fundamental ability to build commercial business with the key stakeholders in the industry. And with that being established, we can then uh, proceed to embed our uh, data analytics and valuation tooling within the different stakeholders. So be that companies um, like private equity, VCs, game companies, uh, the ability for retail investors to cool um, the valuation of different game IPs and companies. So that's one aspect of it. Now, the second aspect is that we have um, been very fortunate to secure the backing of MDEC, Malaysia Digital Economic Corporation, in our aspirations to uh, bring IP tokenization to the market. So in this instance, that is highly unusual for a Web3 company to achieve. Most, uh, most governments across the world are currently not supporting the startups in the Web3 space. So us being able to get that backing from MDEC um, is definitely a foundation upon which we can build a sustainable business. Now, um, 
I'd like to kind of ask about the exit situations here, but you know, you've only been around for one year. I'm sure the thought has come about that this could be maybe an M&A situation with a IP valuer, someone else who's in the space here. So give us a sense of what you both think is the most likely kind of exit for this kind of company. Mm. Okay. Um, well, I was hoping Jason would take that one first. <laughs> but um, yeah. no, uh, I, I think um, working in the Web3 space uh, has has uh, brings with it actually quite a few uh, opportunities that traditional companies don't necessarily have available to them. So what that means for us is that um, by launching our own, uh, you know, Web3 platform, we have the ability and, and combining that with the Web2 business model, we have a very strong um, pathway towards eventually doing an IPO, uh, especially in uh, Malaysia and, and in, the, in the Southeast Asian region. So for us, really, um, but about democratizing access to the gaming industry, about democratizing access to the value of the gaming industry. That's all. That's what we're about. So we're we're planning to set up a company that will have the potential to eventually IPO in this region um, to make our success that we're building available to as many investors as possible. Uh, John and Jason, I'd like to thank you both for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to the both of you, and I wish you all the best with this venture of yours. Thank, thank you, you Roshan. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. Folks, I've been speaking with the co-founders of Malaysian-based web tree company Axin. CEO John Snyder and CMO Jason Lowe join me in the studio. I'm Roshan Kunison. You've been listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBalay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.